It's the Dubai Property Podcast for news, interviews and market trends. And welcome back to another episode of the Dubai Property Podcast, talking real estate, of course, around the UAE and available on Spotify and Apple and wherever you get your podcasts from as we bring you the most real estate podcast news and information from around the UAE every week. And if there is something that you want to hear, please, by all means, email us and let us know. And got to say good morning to Pat J. We got your email this morning thanking us for the Dubai South information yesterday. Yeah, you said that you were going to suggest that we covered Dubai South and then boom, we did. Now you say in your email that you have bought a unit in Expo City and you also have an Emar beachfront property and you are currently applying for a golden visa. I wonder how many people, I wonder what the tally, what that number is right now in terms of people applying for a golden visa. No doubt it's a lot. And Pat, you sound like you are a very busy investor and great to have you as a listener. And today is Sunday and yes, the very first day of October for 2023, which is fast running out and if you're in the gym listening to us or perhaps you're walking around or maybe driving in your car good morning and welcome and as mentioned we are talking real estate every week and if you want to get the information that much quicker just follow the podcast from whatever platform you listen to us on the reason I say that is that you will get the notification the second the instant that that we have released another episode, which of course are multiple times every week. And Tiny Living, now this is a growing trend. More and more people, it seems, want to declutter and live in a smaller space. There are some companies in the UAE that deal in Tiny Living. And coming up, we are going to be talking with Louise, who is doing just that. And we also look back over some of the real estate news stories that we have brought you in the last seven days. So we will do that next. We are more than just a real estate podcast. We cover a multitude of subjects, including property data, current buyer-seller sentiment, and the mood of the market. Follow each week all of the main talking points and know your property. Well, last weekend we were talking about, weren't we, Palm Jebel Alley and the launch. People were sleeping out overnight to get their place in the queue. The tokens are absolute gold for agents, as we found out from Mario last week. And it seems that anyone who can afford to get in is ready to buy. Yeah, I think that this is the talking point of the town at this moment in time. The villas start at 18 million dirhams and the queues were absolutely huge. Like you say, reminiscent of that 2007-2008 buzz that we had around launches, I think done in a slightly more mature way now. I think the market has matured somewhat since then. We're starting now to see the first phases of what's going to be on offer at the Palm Jebel Ali and also how it's going to compare to to that of the Palm Jumeirah. So Nia, what, what do you think of the launch? 
So yeah, myself, I tried to go down on Wednesday. Um, we just could not get in. There were queues all up, all up Palm Jumeirah. They even sent a Google Meet invite and you couldn't get into the virtual room to have the presentation either. There was so much traffic going towards it. So we were all anticipating the, the official launch. Um, luckily, we've had the material shared with us now. So we're seeing the main difference with Palm Jumeirah Ali versus Palm Jumeirah is um, they've just launched the villas, so no apartments yet. So for 18, 18.5 million, you'd get one of the cheaper villas in Palm Jumeirah, whereas Palm Jebel Ali, for the same price, you'd get a brand new villa with a third floor and 1,500 square feet extra interior. Don't forget to subscribe. We have so many episodes, all designed to help you better understand the constantly evolving and dynamically changing real estate property market. Now, we're going to be talking about tiny homes this morning and what they offer, particularly with financial freedom, the simplicity of course, and reduced stress through affordable living and a minimalist lifestyle. And the tiny space, they offer eco-friendliness with smaller carbon footprints and reduced energy consumption. These compact spaces require, of course, less maintenance, granting more leisure time, and it's an adventure in unconventional living, simplifying and decluttering lives for mental clarity. And this morning, we are catching up with Louise Scott. And good morning, Louise. Welcome to the Dubai Property Podcast. Thank you very much, Craig. It's great to be here. Well, let's start off first with the size of your tiny home so everybody knows what sort of a space that you're living in. It's nearly eight metres long. It's exactly 2.5 metres wide. It's just under 4.3 metres high from the ground when it's on its trailer. Um, It's fully steel construction and well insulated, beautifully made, lots of windows. It's a pleasure to live in. What made you decide to get into this whole tiny living? What was the what was the catalyst, I guess, is what I'm asking? Well, I work as a professional organiser anyway, and so I've travelled and moved home innumerable times over the course of my very young and older life, so I'm very good at letting things go. And then more recently, I was um, separated from my then husband, and we sold our common property. And then I went on a world trip with my son and so on and so forth, and I basically started to run out of money. And I I needed to come up with a solution that was going to work for me financially, but also thinking about a tiny house is something that's been on my mind probably for four or five years now. And so it actually dovetailed quite well into um, that for me and brought about this very circumstance, which I was interested in. So I'm quite happy with the way it's turned out. All right. Well, we'll come back to you in just a moment, Louise, and we will talk more tiny homes next. Navigate the world of real estate like a pro with expert insights, opinions and trends to up your game and knowledge when buying your next property. And last weekend, we were talking villas and their appeal, which, of course, is a world away from tiny living. And we talked about Expo City once again. Yeah, so as I said earlier, I mean, the villa communities are definitely in preference. A good example, for instance, is Damak Lagoons. Uh, although it sold out 
uh, way back when. Since its release, some of those villas have already sold three or four times. Now, of course, that's for investors just uh, picking up on, on the gains in the market. But what we're seeing as well is that the original investors basically looking to sell the smaller units and buy, buy the bigger units. So selling a three bed, buying a four bed and so on. So it's really good to see that the investors are actually staying within the same community. Again, the Mac Lagoons is just one example. Expo Village is another fantastic example. Very much similar to Diamond Developers with Sustainable City, building on the sustainability aspect. And that's what the world is looking at. People want, you know, the solar panels. They want the, the green community. Um, they want the, the access for EVs and so on. So these communities are doing exceptionally well. And it's attracting big companies and, and you know, big people in these companies to come across and invest in Dubai. All right, so let's go to you, Nia. What are you sort of noticing as far as Expo City is concerned and the villas that are in high demand? So, yeah, we're seeing, you know, as the traffic's super heavy now since summer, everyone's come back, you know, the popular areas, Marina, Palm, downtown. You get so much more square foot for your money in these free zones. And you see here for business, it's even better. So it's just really appealing for people to invest there now, especially as they're expanding so much, the community is getting getting a lot better if they've got children um it's very appealing so i'm finding a lot of you know long-term tenants in you know the like very popular areas are moving further out especially if they're expanding their families as well if you're serious about real estate we're serious about delivering the most comprehensive property information every week we are talking at tiny homes and Louise, I reckon in an apocalyptic event when services like power and services are completely shut down, the ones who are going to survive the best, I think, are going to be tiny homers who are self-sufficient. Oh, for sure. I mean, there are a lot of people out there who live in tiny homes that are off the grid, which can be really wonderful. Collecting water might be an issue for some these days. It depends on what water storage they've got. But solar, of course, is a fantastic option for people in our country. I myself am not off the grid, but I certainly have minimal requirements when it comes to power or water in my tiny house because, as you can imagine, everything is is a, a small percentage of what most people would use in an ordinary size house. A key reason why people move into tiny houses is because that they offer a certain amount of financial freedom and lack of obligation to banks or mortgages. Having a look at the financial freedom, of course, tiny homes are significantly more affordable than traditional houses. That is a given, allowing individuals to live debt-free. I mean, it's just a no-brainer on so many levels. I wonder why there is a little bit in people's thinking about tiny homes. Can you help me and our audience understand what some of the resistance might be? Perhaps some of it might be that people simply can't see themselves living in tiny houses. They might be some judgment around um, what kind of person lives in a transportable dwelling. I couldn't be sure about that, but possibly a hangover from the 70s and 80s, people just judging other people living in small spaces. But apart from that, I think that whatever negativity may have lingered around the concept of tiny houses is really changing now. Look, unfortunately, they're not as affordable as they used to be. When I first started exploring it, you could pick up a tiny house brand new from between sixty dollars and $80,000. Now, of course, they've not only become more of a luxury designer featured dwelling, longer and bigger as more people take them on and actually embrace the idea of it. And you'd be basically starting at one hundred and thirty. $140,000 a lot of the time. 
which on some levels, considering you don't have a block of land to put it on, is not as affordable as it used to be. People are getting on the bandwagon, let's say. Designers, builders are getting on the bandwagon, but hopefully it still stays as an affordable option because land is and always has been the most expensive aspect of owning property. Well, lovely to chat with you, Louise. Enjoy your day and uh, thanks for sharing uh, some of your lifestyle with us this morning. That's a great pleasure. It's been lovely talking to you. Thank you. We don't just report on real estate news. We take you to the source of the information. We produce more property podcasts every week than anyone else. We are your trusted guide for all things real estate. And I should mention that Louise is based in Australia with her tiny home, but hopefully that fills in some of the gaps. Any questions that you might have had around tiny living in the UAE, and if you know of somebody who is living in a tiny home in the UAE, let us know. Or maybe that is you. We would love to know what your situation is and what you have managed to construct. Now, last Last week, we were also talking about buying a dual live-in and work property set up in the same building. And we were talking about the DIFC, of course, the region's largest innovation community. And the Innovation Hub is currently home, and I didn't know this, to more than 600 tech firms. And I mentioned to Nia that it could be a pretty simple drive to work from home which might be 30 seconds in a lift traversing between floors instead of between cars. Yeah, absolutely. So not even scootering or walking, you can literally get the lift down to work. So yeah, you'd have the um, 41-storey tower and 24 storeys of these are the apartments. So it's also also a free zone. So yeah, I'm not stopping people from bringing their business to their to the same building as their home. So yeah, so DIFC as a whole, um, quite surprised to be honest, they found the space to build such a, a big building. Um, it's so built up there. It's so popular, obviously, with all the, the finance investors and people who are coming over for you know law and things like that. The fact that they've launched the residential, that's why it's so popular is because it's the first there. So it saves people a lot of time work-wise, like we said, especially if you're in the same building. And yeah, it's about time, really, they've had a, a residential building. Yes, they now have a residential building building now and we will keep you updated on what is happening in the DIFC. Enjoy your Sunday. Remember we are just an email away and that email address is dubaipropertypodcast at gmail.com. That is dubaipropertypodcast at gmail.com. Enjoy your day. Catch you back next week. The Dubai Property Podcast, delivering you insights in real time. We deliver each week more property podcasts than anyone else. It's fast and up-to-date to help keep you better informed. And he actually referred his godfather to me and he ended up buying four apartments with me yesterday. So absolutely fantastic, yeah. Wow, you are having a fantastic month. Now at first, when you look at Dubai South on a map, you think, my goodness, it's, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. It's out in the desert. Honestly, it's, it's now only a sort of a 15-minute, perhaps 20-minute car journey to Dubai South. Have you 
you ever sold four properties in a day? No, that's a new record, I have to say, four in a day. And, you know, his original intention was to buy two because he wanted to get a golden visa for himself and his wife. Just like Michael, you and I actually had a client come in who wanted a, a golden visa in Dubai. So they ended up purchasing two apartments in JLT as well. And he managed to sponsor a golden visa for himself and his wife and his son. The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. The Dubai Property Podcast for all things real estate.